Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm Midge Noble, your host, and today I'm bringing you another exciting episode of a sneak peek of my memoir. So our guest for today um, had to cancel because she is in an unstable Wi-Fi place right now. And so I'm very thankful that she rescheduled, and we'll see her on the 25th of April. So today... I get to do another sneak peek from my memoir, Gay with God. We're having a little bit of discussion about the subtitle of the Gay with God memoir. And so what I'm going to do is on the Gay with God podcast, not podcast, I'm sorry, on the Gay with God Facebook group, I'm going to start a little um, poll. And I want you guys to be a part of having the subtitle be formulated and solidified so that we can get the actual cover done soon. So um, if you are not a member yet of the Gay With God Facebook group, then please go to Facebook and look up the Gay With God Facebook group. And there are some questions because I like to be able to make sure that the people who join our sacred space are going to be uplifting and people who are going to actually be supportive of going on that faith journey, gay with God um, relationship with us. So just make sure you answer the questions because I'm a pretty good stickler about that. If you are not answering the questions, then I don't know if I feel safe bringing you into our sacred space. So please answer the questions because I want to see you on the inside. So also just to give you a little update tonight, the Gay With God Zoom meeting faith journey. Um, This is going to be our second meeting. We're doing it one time a month, the second Monday of every month. And tonight at 630, we have our group. So uh, once I post this, uh, it's going to be very boom, it's like it's happening tonight. So so get yourself over to the Gay With God Facebook uh, page and sign up so that you can be a part of that discussion tonight. Um, All right. So today I want to give you a little sneak peek about something I did when I was 18. Um, So those of you who have followed me for a while kind of know that I was very conflicted early on about my space in the world and how I fit and didn't know I was gay in the very beginning, but I really felt that I needed to uh, maybe walk the dusty roads of Damascus, so to speak, to to be in some sort of a formal um, religious job or s- serve in some religious way concretely, and that that might be my ticket to heaven because the unworthiness of not knowing why I felt so unworthy, that worthiness of, am I okay? Does God love me? Am I going to go to heaven? All of those questions were really hard to answer. So uh, in my little child brain decided that being a missionary would help me um, seal the deal with God and I'd be able to go to heaven. So as I 
didn't realize that's what I was doing, but um, at the time, but I decided on a mission field uh, path for myself. So this is how that played itself out. So I had just turned 18 and made my very first, I am an adult decision. I signed up and get daddy's permission to go on a mission trip to India with Teen Missions International. Our denomination had missionaries in India, and one of the small communities where they served needed a church built. I thought this was a perfect way for me to test my calling to be a missionary. At this point, I had already been accepted to Berkshire Christian College in Lenox, Massachusetts, by the way, to study missions, and this opportunity seemed to come at the right time. I thought it was a God wink. There was just one small glitch. I had to tell my dad that I had defied his decision that I would not be allowed to go on the trip. I guess I owe you the whole story. So here you go. I had heard about this amazing opportunity at a youth group meeting. We would build a church in a small village of Palavakam. At that time, they were worshiping in a thatched roofed hut that leaked every time they met. In order to avoid the, excuse me, in order to afford the trip, each team member would ask for sponsorships of $60 each to cover the cost of our plane ticket and our stay at the Lord's Boot Camp. The Lord's Boot Camp in Merritt Island, Florida was their training facility. The team would be there for two weeks. We would be in classes to instruct us on how to build a church from the ground up, how to evangelize and engage us in a Marine obstacle course, yeah, set up by the Marines to help us bond as a team. Following these two weeks, if we accepted the call at their candlelight commitment ceremony, we would be on our way to India. I could feel that tug in my soul. I have to do this. When I got home, I excitedly told daddy and mama that I had learned about an awesome opportunity. I had just started to tell them about the trip when my daddy interrupted and gave me a resounding no. Why not? I pleaded. I have even I haven't even told you how it's all going to work out. You have already been accepted to college and there is no reason to do this. You need to stay here and get a job to earn money. But there are people who will sponsor me, so it won't cost me anything to go. Oh, is that what you think? He said, no, that's it. I knew that look on his face. That was his final answer. And no amount of pleading would work. Mama just watched and didn't say a word. I felt heartbroken. I already knew I had to go. And I wanted to go, and I couldn't believe he wouldn't allow it. I should have known he wouldn't approve because he never agreed to anything that would cost money. He had already been upset that I was planning to attend an out-of-state college. I would be going to Berkshire Christian College in the fall following this trip. For months, at every youth group meeting, the leaders would talk about the trip and encourage us to sign up. I attended a youth conference and they presented the information there. It was nearing the deadline to sign up and I was getting nervous. I talked to mama about it. It is really a way to test my calling, I said. Your daddy said no and he won't change his mind. I felt my heart sink. It felt hopeless. Then I got angry. 
how dare he turn me down on this? We never get to do anything. And this is really important. I should just go anyway. Then I stopped and thought, yeah, right. <laughs> like that would fly. I just couldn't figure out a way to make this happen. A few weeks later, I went to another youth group meeting. The India trip came up again. The leader said, if you want to sign up, tonight is the last night. The excitement returned and I impulsively walked up to the sign-up sheet and put my name on it. Great, Midge. I think this is a perfect fit for you. Your parents will be so proud, said my youth leader. Probably not, I said. They don't know I'm signing up, but I really feel like I have to do this. If you are called to do this, I'm sure they will understand. Let's hope so. Just make sure you tell them you don't want them finding out from someone else. Yes, that would be bad, I said. I had felt exhilarated when I put my name on the list. The longer the meeting went, my anxiety began to increase and I stopped listening to the lesson and started perseverating on how mad my dad would be when he found out. I was so anxious heading back home. I walked into the house and felt like the breath went out of my body when I saw my dad standing in the kitchen. Guess what? I asked. What? I really feel that God wants me to go on this India trip. So I signed up. The look on my dad's face pierced my heart and I felt like the color was draining from my body. You did what? I specifically told you that you were not going. You better take your name off that list. Daddy, I know, and I'm so sorry to go against what you said, but I'm 18 and this is really important and I know I can get the scholarships and it won't cost us anything. Well, okay, smarty pants. If you think that people during this depression are going to fork out money so you can go to India, then good luck. You will not get any money from us. Really? I can go? Daddy glared at me. If you can get the money, you can go, but that's not going to happen. I felt pure adrenaline filled excitement and felt like crap in the pit of my stomach. I had never, ever blatantly gone against my dad's decisions. I was scared to death that he would be right and no one would sponsor me. The next week, I got all the packet information about the team that I was on, the leaders, the scholarship cards, a tape to learn Tamil, the Indian dialect spoken in Madras, suggestions on how and where to ask for sponsorships, and the items that I needed for the trip. So disappointed to learn that there were things other than just the scholarship. I was going to need to get my immunizations against malaria and other illnesses. I would need a passport, a duffel bag, boots, work clothes, and many other items that I hadn't planned on. I could just hear my daddy now, you won't get any money from us. The following months were full of presentations that I had scheduled at churches, women's groups, and the Rotary Club. I explained my desire to be a missionary and that this trip would help me test that calling. I explained that our work team would build a church in India for the people of Palavakam who were currently using a small grass hut that leaked during church. I talked about the Lord's boot camp and how that experience will help our team bond and learn how to get the work done. I would finish with a time for questions and encourage people to come up afterwards and meet me and ask any other questions they may not have had a chance to ask. I received sponsorships at every presentation. Some people could do the full $60 sponsorship and some couldn't. Those that couldn't 
gave the give the full $60 would come up to me and apologize and then hand me $10, $15, $5, $20 and say, use this to buy whatever you need. It was a warm feeling to be supported and to know that all the people who attended these talks were very enthusiastic about this mission trip and trusted me to go and do what I said I would do. My parents came to these presentations and I heard people say to daddy, I bet you are so proud of Midge for going on a mission trip. Yes, I am. He would say, really? (laughs) He still hadn't talked much to me since the, the night we found out I signed up. So I thought that was super hypocritical. Throughout my childhood, I had learned that the expression of love was very conditional you agree with me and I will talk with you. And if you go against me, I will withdraw from you. It has left me some trust in emotional abandonment issues that still rear their ugly little heads from time to time. A few weeks before the deadline that I needed to send in my sponsorships to Teen Missions International, I totaled all the money. I had done it. I had all the money I needed to make the trip. I even had $500 in cash from those sweet little ladies who gave me permission to use the money they offered me for whatever I needed. That cash provided the items I hadn't known I would need, but apparently God did. I was going to India. (laughs) That was such an exciting time in my life. But when I went back and read what I had written about that, that time in my life, it was like, wow, I was so young (laughs) and so naive. And I really did not ever see anything that was not a possibility when I first thought of something. Like I have doubts always a little bit after, but in the beginning, it's like something will snap for me. It's like, I've got to do this, or I've got to follow this path, or I've got to, you know, whatever it is. And I get that inspiration and I just have to do it. I feel pulled to certain things. Now, impulsivity can be a bad thing for me because sometimes I'm impulsive and I'll agree to stuff that I really love to do or want to do. And then I get myself boxed in to being too busy or too, I mean, just too overwhelmed with the things I'm doing. This particular trip was not one of those things. It wasn't like I was doing a whole lot of things. It's just that it was one of those internal struggles of whether or not I was really going to be saved. And I felt compelled to do this mission trip to make sure that I was on the right track. Um, Early on, you know, I don't really think that I understood how God might speak to me. And it it was a, a real struggle to you know, feel, feel called to something. I mean, I I would get an inspiration and that to me was a calling, but it wasn't always probably the whispers of God in my ear, but my own desires to get what I needed at that time. The other thing that I thought about when I was writing this and I read it back to myself was that at 18, I was powerless, even though I was 18 and technically an adult in some some of those spectrums at that time, um, I, I did not feel adult. When daddy said no, it was always a no. And I hadn't yet moved out of the house. So I still hadn't had a chance to separate myself from the parental control and my own internal locus of control. And that's always been hard for me. Um, 
so back then, you know, a lot of people wouldn't understand why as an 18 year old, I couldn't make that decision on my own and just do it that I needed my dad's permission. Uh, but daddy was the, the kingdom of uh, the king of our castle. Um, he, you know, he really ruled things as far as those types of decisions. Um, mama would give her opinion sometimes, but she also knew that my dad was really stubborn. And if he didn't want it done, it didn't get done. So it was really hard to go against what he had said and to sign up. So throughout that whole process, you know, there was a time before that, and I'll just clue you in on this little thing. I haven't gotten to that section yet, but going to Berkshire Christian College was a big deal. Um, it was an out-of-state Christian college for, with our uh, denomination, and it was going to cost a lot more than going in-state, and my parents were extremely angry about that, um, my dad especially. And spoiler alert, I'll tell you now, there was a huge fight um, for me to to go. So I guess that was another decision that I had made um, to do that college thing. But that was not something that I did secretly. That was something that I did with with the full realm of of my parents knowing that that's where I was applying. That's where I was expecting to go. And it was a huge fight. So, you know, as as we we are coming into our own, um, you know, to take this back to the gay with God uh, podcast is that, you know, growing up, not knowing whether or not you're gay or straight and having that that tug of, of finding your worthiness and where you fit in the world can lead to a lot of a lot of problems. And I I was so struck recently by some of the posts that I'm seeing about people coming out against our children, learning about homosexuality, um, being taught in school, you know, the different, like, especially in the health education settings, like being able to give voice to those who are not just heterosexual, <laughs> because that's a whole different thing for kids to understand that you may be feeling different because of these reasons. And it's very sad to me that our, our entire community gets, you know, shafted when it comes to um, that kind of education. So I posted this on, on Facebook the other day because I had seen so many different variations of this shaming people to keep this out of our children's minds. And, and even some people that I would consider friends of mine had agreed with these memes and said that that was right, that children need to be children and they don't need to learn about, you know, sexuality or, I mean, I know there's like um, age age things that you would consider to go dive deep into those topics, but to have children grow up and see two, um, you know, women holding hands or two men holding hands or, you know, a woman and a man holding hands to let them know that love is fluid and that we are not um, wrong in loving who we are hot wired to love. So I posted this on Facebook and I wanted to share this with you too. So I have seen several not so subtle memes that target teaching kids about homosexuality. 
What is interesting is that schools are already teaching kids about families, their bodies, and sexuality in elementary school from a heterosexual perspective. I was involved in that type of one-sided education, and I'm still gay, (laughs) even with the overwhelming one-sided bias in my education. What are y'all afraid will happen? Your straight kids will still be straight. Gay kids will still grow up gay. However, gay kids won't be as likely to marry the wrong gender to try and fit the social norm, won't have to go through a divorce to finally live authentically, won't surprise their children about their sexuality. But may, gay kids may commit suicide because of misguided faith-based bigotry. We are made in God's image. Let's learn to coexist and live in compassion. If that were, ha- were to happen, if we were able to know where we might fit, I mean, if you only give me the heterosexual perspective, if you only have this narrow path of what I'm allowed to explore, then how would I ever know what was going on with me? If, if I was able to know that homosexuality was a possibility that I was dealing with instead of thinking that I was just absolutely unworthy. Would I have ever gone on the India trip? Would I have ever signed up? Would I have felt like the mission field was, was something I needed to do? Because there was no other option. You are a Christian in the Advent Christian denomination. You are a, a a girl. So that means that you need to marry someone and it has to be a man (laughs) and you can't do certain jobs in our denomination as a woman who is single because we don't pay you for that. So there weren't women preachers. There were not missionary work for women was one of the things that we were allowed to do. Uh, We could be teachers. We could uh, volunteer in the Sunday school class. We could volunteer with our, our husband as youth group leaders, but you had to have, you just didn't do anything single as a female. And it just wasn't heard of back then. I know things have changed a lot, but there are still very closed family systems now that make it very difficult for kids to figure out where they may fit on any kind of a spectrum, especially with their own sexuality. So in this, this whole time of my life, while I was searching so much to find a connection so that I wouldn't go to hell, I needed a connection to God. So I wouldn't go to hell because that's all I was taught that if you're, if you're these things and there was all this list and homosexuality, homosexuality fell on the list of things that are condemned by God in our youth group. And so even if I ever had an inkling that, that I might be gay, it was shut down so quickly as I was growing up that I, there was nothing to explore. There was nothing for me to, to latch on to. The other thing that I touched on in this, in this section of the memoir was, was the unconditional um, love that was missing in my family. It was very conditional. Um, you know, there were times that, that I could feel the, the anger being pulled, um, pulling away the love that my parents were supposed to have for me. And I know all parents get angry, but it's after the anger, what happens after it's like, do they still stay really distant? Is there still like that, 
almost that valley in between you and them to where you can't get to the other side because they've taken the bridge away. It really felt so isolating when I would step out on my own for something and, and they disagreed with it. So it was very conditional as far as, you know, don't cross me, don't have an opinion of your own, don't do anything by yourself. You need us uh, without us, you are nothing kind of thinking that, that I couldn't choose my favorite color practically without them telling me it was the wrong one. Now that's just, that's, you know, that's just made up. But I mean, there were times that I would say I was feeling something and they would say, no, you don't really. So, you know, quickly I learned that my thoughts didn't really matter and they weren't always correct because I was always being given, you know, some sort of feedback about that. So, you know, it's important, I think, especially in this time of our life when everything's up for debate. You look at the legislations going on now, and we talked about it a little bit uh, in the last uh, episode about Christian nationalism, and you look at what's happening, that they are starting to squeeze the LGBTQIA community out again, that they don't want it to be visible. They don't want it to be something that that is available for children to be able to discern from their own perspective as they grow and mature that this may be where they are at. This is this is how they may have been created, you know, and so we have to be able to stand up for ourselves. We have to be able to speak up and to be to, to have visibility in our communities so that we do not disappear again and have all of our rights taken away. And that's not a panic thing. That is a, that is a passage of adulthood, really. We have, you know, from, from the time that, from way on back, people had to, had to stand up and fight for something they believed in, and they had to be vocal. And I love the Martin Luther King version of peaceful protest. I'm not saying I want us to burn things down or do anything like that. Although I understand when people get pushed to the point of that, that it is because no one ever listened to them up into the point of, of being, you know, in a rage. So if we continue to speak up and be visible and allow our stories to come out then we are going to be able to have a visibility in the community and in our state and in our nation that that people have to listen to. And I please, please, please encourage you to sign up and tell your story on the Gay With God podcast. The more stories we can generate and put out into the world, that's more uh, visibility for us and its validity that we are not outrageous, <laughs> perverted people. We are, we are us. We are hardworking, tax-paying, gay, and trans, and bisexual, and asexual, and we're we're the spectrum of the LGBTQIA community, and we are here, and we are created by the God of our understanding, which happens to be the, the God in the Bible. So just in case you don't understand, <laughs> but that God of our understanding can come in different forms. <laughs> you can call it source. You can call it the big white, you know, um, 
what was that thing back? I don't remember now. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, there are different forms. And I, I, you know, I would call God, as you've heard me say, creator of all that is. Um, so it doesn't matter who you believe God is to you, but that source of connection to the life giving, you know, source is so important. And we need to be able to protect our community so that we can continue to live our lives, serve the God of our understanding and be there for each other. So I really hope that you'll sign up and that you will absolutely um, be a part of, of this podcast and honor us with your story. Um, the link for that is on the, the um, show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and you'll be able to find that um, link to be a guest. If you want to connect with me, you can also find the links there. So, so this was my little uh, sneak peek into the memoir, Gay with God, subtitled to be determined. <laughs> We thought we had it, but now we're not so sure. So if you want to uh, be a part of naming the subtitle of my book, I want you to go to the Gay With God Facebook group, sign up, please answer all the questions and join the poll. And of course, if there is someone who actually nails it, that some suggestion you make, uh, because I'm going to have it set up to for some set different uh, options. And then I want you to be able to write in your own option um, for the subtitle. And if somebody nails it and I choose the one that you put in there, um, there's going to be an autographed copy of that memoir coming your way. So uh, let's let's have some fun together and let's do that. The other thing I'm going to do is on the Facebook page, I'm not the Facebook page, but on the show page, I'm also going to uh, be putting a Venmo link uh, on there for you guys to start offering your financial support of the memoir and be a part of that community. Um, I am uh, working now on trying to figure out how to, um, you know, what's the best way to do that and how also, I don't know if they'll let me do it on the, on the show page, but if not, I will put it on the Gay With God um, Facebook page as an option for you guys to be able to be a part of getting this memoir into the hands of people who need to know that they can be gay with God. And this is my story. And it also validates your story that you too do not have to commit suicide or to uh, stay out of whatever you know community you want to join in order to have your faith journey continue. Um, we are all here together walking this path. And if I can shed light on it for someone else, I want to do that. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Gay With God podcast by supporting it, sharing, subscribing, downloading. And don't forget to put reviews out there, guys, especially on Apple Podcasts. Go to Apple Podcasts and, and write a review for the, for the Gay With God podcast so that people will be able to see it more. The more reviews you get, the more... Um, visibility you get on some of the platforms so please go review it um <laughs> as glennon doyle says <laughs> if you really like it and you really really like listening to it go do a review if not don't worry about it <laughs> i'm quoting that from glennon doyle because i just thought i find that hysterical and i love it but i would love to have your positive feedback if you have some so that um and if you don't have positive feedback please email me i want to hear what's not working for you i would love to i've gotten some of those too so please 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 um go and subscribe download and write reviews for the gay with god podcast
And if you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with the God of your understanding, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community and check out the Facebook group, Gay With God. Don't forget that tonight at 630, yes, tonight, the night that you may be hearing this podcast on April 11th, we have our Faith Journey uh, Zoom meetup at the Gay With God Facebook group, and that will be at 630 tonight. If you need a little coaching and support to get you through your coming out faith journey story, go to my, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom where you can learn how to be a guest on the show, but also you can find ways to connect with me to start a coaching relationship. Guys, thank you so much. I love you and I'll see you next week. Bye. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.